namo myo horenge kyo namo myo horenge kyo namo myo horenge kyo ah man this is an amazing practice hi hi friends how are you this morning well it's morning for me whatever time it is how is it for you <laughs> it's morning somewhere in the world i hope you're in good health and secure or on the mend if you've been, you know, um, coronavirus is, boy, it's not going away easily. So, yeah, be watchful. Um, we need you to be able to keep your practice strong, right? The world needs you to keep your practice strong. But whew, all you have to do is, uh, anyway. Yeah, there's a lot of good in the world, though. Tremendous good, tremendous amazing efforts being made. Unfortunately, that doesn't get a lot of clicks on social media or attention from those who are trying to sell you soap and beer, um, the network, the media, so on and so forth. Everyone just got to look at car crashes. I don't know why our species is so enamored with violence to this day. I understand, it's part of human nature, but boy, we seem to be living in a time where uh, it's just the answer for everything. Uh, and it isn't, just to be clear. <laughs> okay, let's continue with uh, our enumeration or discrimination of merits. Further, all ajita. So this is Shakyamuni speaking to uh, Manjushri. If there's anyone who, hearing of the, of the great length of the Buddha's lifespan, understands the import of the words, the merit gained by that person shall have no limit or measure, for he shall be able to produce the unexcelled knowledge of the thus come one. So if you understand what Shakyamuni is saying here, that Buddha isn't Shakyamuni, that Buddha is a foundational extant process of the cosmos from which, through innumerable amalgams, we are manifest as humans in such a way, in such a form, that we can emerge from this apparatus, not just this body, but this apparatus, which is the body of the earth, of the solar system, of the galaxy, of the universe, to have sentience. I mean, just think about that for a moment. You know, it's still valid today. Stephen Hawking's book on... Uh, Oh, what was it called? Uh, a Brief History of Time? <laughs> and he says something so innocuous uh, late in the book that the, ultimately when you see all of the minutia and the, the insane little tiny dif differences in cold and density and so on and so forth that had to happen in just that way for us to happen... Well, the only thing you can say is 
because it could make you very anthropic about the whole cosmos, right? But what he says is uh, that ultimately things are the way they are because they are the way they are. <laughs> which, which is eh, not far from uh, from Buddhism in some ways, but uh, I, I just thought for somebody with his mind, and uh, even though this this book was written very everyday everyday person read, it's not super complex. Uh, but you could tell there's super complexity behind it, yeah? It's a, it's a really good book. I recommend it to uh, anyone who's uh, even interested in our, especially in Buddhism, we, we uh, Shakyamuni, spends a lot of time, time, playing with time, <laughs> time, <laughs> uh, the concept of time, if you will. So this idea of, uh, if you understand the Buddha's lifespan, words again, that isn't a lifespan at all, but it is the lifespan. It is the cosmos. It is the place where time and space happens, because without the cosmos, ain't no time space. If you understand that that's all a function of, or a, a, a words, not a function of, but that it doesn't happen without Buddha. Buddha is the this engine of life. But just like everything else in the cosmos, it has no ability to perceive itself. Only we do. Sentience, what we call sentience, this ability to recognize self. We, we see it in some form in some animals, right? And that's always exciting when we see it because we go, oh gosh, that's pretty amazing. But don't forget how amazing you are. I mean, it's a problem and a solution at the same time. This, this is so the Buddhist quote-unquote problem, issue, observation. That to have this level of sentience makes us super awesomely fascinated with every aspect of what this potential, this cosmos, can spit out. Every potential thing that manifests is fascinating. Just look at a baby looking around a room, sticks everything in its mouth. What's, what, what's this feel like, taste like? What's it, oh, ah. That's our sentient mind, trying to figure things out. Well, it's no wonder we get so hardcore attached to the idea of having things. We find ourselves, quote unquote, through that process. But alas, that process, as we grow older, becomes something we worry about, we get anxious about, right? Personally and impersonally. And we can't stop. We can't stop our desire for everything we see, more of it, not losing it. 
whatever it is. And Shakyamuni or Siddhartha watched this play out in our health, in our environment. Nietzsche certainly did. Yeah, he was very concerned about that in medieval Japan with all of the earthquakes and famines and uh, lots of horrible things that were affecting human happiness. And happiness in, in, in this Buddhist way is not he-he-he-he happiness, but just living unobstructed. What's the obstruction? What's taken away this glorious sense of life? And Shakyamuni, when Siddhartha enlightened to it, oh, it's the very thing that we're so attached to. Because that attachment drives us crazy. We don't have to do that. Everything's happening all the time. Just be with the flow of life. It's all there. It never goes away. Yes, the permanence goes away because the permanence is an illusion. We don't actually own anything. But we think we own something and that somehow gives us comfort. It's a real problem. Got to break free of that. That's the obstacle. So, hearing of the great length of the Buddha's lifespan understands the import of the words, the merit gained by understanding that we're just flowing energy, momentum, that Buddha, once we experience Buddha, see Buddha, Buddha is that realization. It's the renge. It's the aha. Once that really penetrates your understanding, then everything just falls away. No obstruction. So you can call it happiness. You can call it fulfillment. You can call it just being. Be a verb. Don't be a noun. That's how I say it. How much the truer shall this be of one who broadly hears this scripture, this teaching, or causes others to hear it, or holds it himself, or causes others to hold it, or writes it down himself or herself, or causes others to write it, or who makes offerings to this teaching, this role of um, offerings of uh, rolls of flower perfume, necklaces, banners, parasols, fragrant incense, and candles made of wax scented with fragrant wood. That's kind of ironic that he says all of that though, right? Isn't it kind of a conundrum? You're celebrating the fact that nothing has permanence, that everything is happening in full, in every moment. Oh man, that's so amazing. So now let me offer you all of these trinkets. <laughs> right? Those two should be written as verbs. That's why it's 
to read these translations is to get confused. <laughs> right? I'm running into this problem I'm rereading again as I do these videos with you. Every word of the Lotus Sutra, a certain translation I'm using to modify to my own liking, to my own predilections, to, to my, my evisceration of the clouds of confusion in every other translation we've read together. And still, when I read this, offerings, offerings, the only offering you can make is your attention, which Shakyamuni repeats several times. Let me have your undivided attention. That's the offering. That's why we have a mandala. Thank you, Nichiren. To really focus that attention on what? The mandala? No. On using that mandala to get our skandhas and all our distractions focused as a mirror to open that gate, that bodhisattva, that, that gohanzon mind gate to open that Buddha eye. That's what we're opening, that Buddha mind. That's the supreme offering. And isn't it so Buddhist that the offering in itself invokes the reward? Remember the three bodies? They all happen in that moment. Seeking, finding, being. Seeking, finding, being. All poof in one moment. Namo myoho But here, we're offering flower perfume, necklaces, banners, parasols, fragrant incense, and candles made of wax. It's not about the things, right? It's about, here's a fragrance of this amazing world. Here's a frag the sense of smell, right? Since the Avatamsaka Sutra, the first teaching Shakyamuni tried to share with uh, folklore, says five disciples that hung out with him. It just went over everyone's head. But in that, I'm just writing about this now in the, in the Lotus that I'm rewriting. One thing that stands out about the Avatamsaka is that everything Shakyamuni talks about in that sutra is <laughs> such flowery, I wouldn't even say poetic, it's just over-the-top writing about the tongue. The experience of having a tongue. The way the taste buds around the different parts of the tongue are excited by these flavors of this, that, 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 sour, bitter, sugar, pages talking about with flowery languages and personages and so on and so forth. Bodhisattvas named for aspects of the tongue. Just, it's insane. And then he moves on, you know, to the eyes, to the nose, to the skin, to the... What's he talking about? He's talking about the purification of these experiences. And when purified, 
You know, if any of you out there have ever had your jaw wired, or, or even, uh, well, the, I'll stay with that example because it speaks to the tongue. I had my jaw wired for a few months. Uh, couldn't eat hardly anything. Everything I ate had to be thoroughly uh, blended into a, a, not even a paste, just liquefied so that I could suck through a straw right through these teeth here and eat. And when I got my release, <laughs> my mouth was able to open. First thing I ate was just some peanut butter on a piece of bread. And I, I'm telling you, I almost cried. It's like I was eating the freshest peanuts in the world. <laughs> the, the taste, the sensation of peanut butter was out of this world. <laughs> I'm not going to do what he did, but if ever you've had been forced into privation from a, a broken leg, a busted finger, anything, how much do you appreciate when it, you have use of that back? The, the Avatamsaka talks about every aspect of life in this effusive way. And, you know, for the people who were listening to him, he only taught that for a couple of weeks because everyone was looking at him, I imagine, like a Cocker Spaniel. Er, what? Uh, what the hell are you talking about? Right? Well, he goes through that again in the Lotus Sutra when he's talking about merits. And we'll hear it again. It doesn't get as effusive. Don't worry. <laughs> but it's, you can't miss it when he gets to it. So here he is talking about, you, there's no measure. You can't measure the gain, the advantage, the, the life condition of the person that gets this. Right? And causes other people to... So now we're making these offerings, not because it's a candle, but because of the light it provides, right? So remember, it's not about the thing, it's about the function. For this man's merit shall be incalculable and limitless, able to produce knowledge of all modes. His, his knowledge will be... Your mind will be penetrating Everything. It will become very clear how the world works. How amazing, right? Oh, Ajita, if a good man or good woman, hearing my, me preach of the great length of my lifespan, my lifespan, he's talking as the embodiment of Buddha, hmm? with profound thought, believes and understands, then he or she thereby shall ever see the Buddha on Eagle Peak or Vulture Peak, whatever you want to call it, the place of propagation, our Butsudan and Mandala, with his great multitude of bodhisattvas and voice hearers surrounding him as he preaches Dharma, right, my video on presence at the Butsudan, 
always imagine yourself when you sit in front of your Butsudan as taking part of the apparition of the Treasure Tower chapter, everyone floating along with your mandala. Here we are, all receiving this tremendous Buddhahood. Hmm? He or she shall also see this Saha world sphere, its soil made of Vaidurya, flat and even, highways in eight directions, bordered with Jambunanda uh, gold. And uh, Jambunanda, by the way, is a uh, river of honey that has gold in it. That's the folklore of it, anyway. And rows of jeweled trees, its terraces, towers, and halls, all fashioned from gems, a multitude of bodhisattvas, all dwelling in its midst. Be it known that if a person is able to take such a view as this, this ability is a mark of profound resolve and understanding. That's what we should shoot for when we practice with our mandala or buddha on our altar with that kind of dignity, that kind of awe, respect, that sense that it all comes from ourselves, our true self, our Buddha self, right? Make this experience of chanting with your mandala that overwhelming, it always will be. And if it's not, get your mind right. Stop and consider. Maybe read a little bit of the Treasure Tower chapter. Remind yourself what it's supposed to look like. Look at your mandala. Bear down at it with your mind. Envision this ceremony in the air. And then manifest it. Namo myoho denge kyo. Again, if after the extinction of the thus come one, anyone hears this scripture and without maligning it, raises up thoughts of appropriate joy, be it known that this is a mark of his having already achieved profound resolve and understanding. How much truer is this of one who reads and recites, accepts and keeps it? For such a man or woman thereby carries the thus come one on his head. What's on your head? Your mind? You carry Buddha in your mind. There's a nice visual. He's piggybacking you. <laughs> he, it, is piggybacking you. It, it becomes your mind. The filter through which your mind observes. Hmm? Oh, Ajita, such a good man or good woman need not ever erect stupa or monastery, build cells for the Sangha, or make the four kinds of offerings to the Sangha multitude for my sake. What is the reason such a good man or good woman by accepting and holding by reading and reciting this scriptural canon, thereby shall already have erected stupas, built sangha cells, and made offerings to the sangha multitude. What did that just say? 
You've heard me say it before. You are the treasure tower. Here's this trend. You know how Shakyamuni uses time in a funny way. Like it is and it isn't. Like it's important, but it's not. Like it's ever all, all pervasive and just this moment. Because it's all happening in each moment, see? The same is true of invoking Namo Myoho When we invoke our Buddhahood, we are the stupa, the physical stupa. The only importance of this physical stupa is to hold, house, and protect the Buddha mind. Ah, it all goes together. It's so simple. <laughs> that is, he or she shall have erected with the Buddha Sarira, stupas of the seven jewels. The seven jewels, there they are again. Tapering both vertically and horizontally and reaching to the Brahma gods, hung with banners, parasols, and multitude of jeweled tinkling bells, fitted out with power, uh, flower perfumes, necklaces, powdered incense, perfumed paint, burned incense, a multitude of drums and musical instruments, pipes, flutes, reeds, sundry dancers, who shall ring, sing praise with fine-sounding song. That is, he shall have made these offerings throughout incalculable thousands of myriads of millions of kalpas. The sound of our voice. The sound of our voice is the music of the Dharma. O oh, Ajita, if after my extinction there be among the hearers of this scriptural canon any who can accept and keep it or write it down themselves or instruct others to write it down, then they shall thereby have erected sangha cells. Also with red kandana they ha shall have fashioned palatial halls, 32 in number, the height of eight tala trees. Uh, it's a fan palm, I guess. High and wide, imposing and lovely, a hundred thousand bhikshus dwelling within them, with gardens, groves, and bathing ponds, with walks and dhyana caves, filled with clothing, food, drink, sitting mats, and bedding mats, potions and medicines, and all manner of musical instruments, such sanghasels, halls, and towers, being in several hundred thousands of myriads of millions, the number being, in fact, incalculable. So shall they appear, making offerings to me and to Bhikshu Sangha. For that reason I say, if after the extinction of the thus come one, which there is no extinction of the Buddha, there's only the apparent extinction, right? We discussed this. There is anyone who accepts, keeps, reads, recites, preaches to others, or writes down himself, or instructs others to write, and thus honors the scriptural role. He need not go further and erect stupas or a monastery or build sangha cells as offerings to the multitudinous sangha, because your actions are doing so, and all of those things are being built in the minds of the sangha. You, them, me, all of us. 
Another reason to hold ourselves with dignity is. If then there is a man who can keep this scripture and at the same time practice the spreading of gifts, the teachings, the keeping of the prohibitions, forbearance in the face of humiliation, vigorous perseverance, single-mindedness, and wisdom, how far superior his excellences shall be, how incalculable, how limitless. Oh, man. Just as open space, eastward, westward, southward, northward, as well as in the four intermediate directions, upward and downward, is incalculable and limitless, so shall this man's or woman's merit too be incalculable and limitless, leading quickly to knowledge of all modes. If a person shall read and recite, accept and keep this sutra and preach it to others, teach it, or write it down himself, or instruct others or another to write it, if again he can erect stupas and build sangha cells, making offerings and singing hymns of praise to the multitudinous sangha voice hearers, reciting the sutras, or the chapters of the, the lotus, yes, this is Gangyo, if also having resources to uh, recourse to a hundred thousand myriads of millions of modes of praise, he lauds the merits of the Bodhisattva if he also, by various means, preaches to others in accord with its meaning, this scripture of the Dharma blossom, this Myoho Rengekyo, if again he can purely keep the prohibitions and dwell with gentle and agreeable persons enduring humiliation without anger, his will and presence of mind, hard and firm, ever attaching great weight to sitting in dhyana, our meditative practice, our active chanting, yes, active meditation, attaining to the deep concentrations, preserving vigorously and with heroic courage, gathering all good dharmas to himself, being of keen faculties and wisdom, which only grows with study, my friends, Skilled at answering queries and objections. If, O oh Ajita, after my extinction, the good men and women and good women who accept and keep, read and recite this canon also have good merits like these, be it known that these persons have already turned toward the platform of the way, that they are close to Anattara Samyak Sambolai and seated under the tree of the path. O Ajita. Wherever these good men and good women sit or stand or walk, there one should erect a stupa. And all realms of influence and men should make offerings to it as if it were a stupa of the Buddha himself. Because, in fact, it is. or the Buddha itself. At that time, the world-honored one, wishing to restate this meaning, proclaimed gathas, saying, and this, well, this will close out the chapter, so I'll go a little long today and we'll, <clears throat> we'll read the gatha, right? If after my passage into extinction, anyone can exalt this teaching, that person's happiness shall be incalculable. 
as has just been stated. He shall thereby have completed all manner of offerings and with Sarira have erected a stupa. Adorned with, and Sarira, right? This is this ancient word that has different interpretations, but generally is about uh, the relics of uh, Shakyamuni Buddha. But in the sense of this teaching, the Sarira is the the teaching of Buddha. And with these teachings is the body of Buddha. Remember the three bodies. And when we invoke the Dharma body, we take this apparatus body and change it into the manifest body of the Buddha to be experienced, which is the reward body in samsara, all three together. So the sarira of Buddha is the body manifest and the reward body brought to enlightenment via the Dharma body, the three bodies of, Shaki, of Buddha, not Shakyamuni. Shakyamuni is a, a portal of communication for this Buddha-ness. Yes? So. He shall thereby have completed all manner of offerings and with Sarira have erected a stupa, which is us, Adorned with the seven jewels, Namo Myorengekyo, displaying a, chat, a chatra very high and wide, gradually tapering till it reaches the Brahma gods and jeweled tinkling bells and thousands of myriads of millions that give forth a subtle sound when shaken by the wind. He also, throughout incalculable kalpas, shall have made offerings to this stupa of flower perfume, necklaces, divine garments, music, so on and so forth. Burn candles of scented wax. Scented wax, hmm, interesting. Uh, more fragrances, yeah. Ever shining brightly all around in an evil age, or this defiled age, at, that, at the time of the final dharma, the final being in danger of being lost, the final also being the ultimate, this myohorengekyo. This is the time of the myohorengekyo. Whoever shall keep this scripture thereby, as just said, shall already have perfected sundry offerings. It, <clears throat> if one can keep this teaching, this Dharma teaching, then it shall be as if in the very presence of the Buddha, with oxhead kandana, he has erected sangha cells as an offering, with halls 32, the height of eight tala trees, and presented superior sweetmeats and fine garments. Sweetmeats? Paying attention out there, vegetarians? <laughs> superior sweetmeats and fine garments, as well as mats and beds, all perfect, a dwelling place for a multitude of hundred thousand, gardens and groves, bathing ponds, walks, and diana caves, all various, variously imposing and lovely. If there are any who with the thought of resolve, confidence, and understanding, accept, keep, read and recite, write, or again, instruct others to write, also make offerings 
to the scriptural role scattering flower perfume and powdered incense or take sumana large flower jasmine kampaka kapak trees and uh, atimuktaka and extracting their fragrant oils ever burn it he who makes offerings like these shall gain incalculable merit as open space is limitless so shall his happiness be unobstructed right how much truer shall this be of one who keeps this scripture and who at the same time spreads gifts all around and keeps the prohibition, endures humiliation, desires Diana concentration, neither angry nor foul mouths, humbly reveres the stupa shrines, defer, defers to the big shoes, puts arrogant thoughts far from himself, ever aspires to wisdom and is not angry, when there are queries or objections, but explains himself acquiescently. So this is all about propagation, right? If one can perform these acts, one's merits shall be incalculable. If one sees this Dharma master perfect such excellences as these, one must strew him with divine flowers, cover his body with divine garments, touch one's face and head to his feet in obeisance, and produce thoughts of him as if of a Buddha. One should also think in no long time he shall arrive at the platform of the way, gaining the no adieu that has no outflows and broadly benefiting men and gods, wherever he may have dwelt or walked or sat or lain, wherever for that matter he has uttered a single gatha. Therein one is to erect a stupa, adorning it, making it fine and lovely, and making sundry offerings to it. If the Buddha's son dwells in this land, and we're all sons of Buddha, right? Then even you girls, sons and daughters of Buddha, same thing. Then the Buddha gains the advantage thereof because Buddha becomes more and more present, which we need in this world today, yes? Ever being within it, whether walking, sitting, or lying. Next chapter, 18, The Merits of Appropriate Joy. <laughs> How far will that go? So, this sutra's taken quite a leap in the last couple of chapters, hasn't it? From convincing everyone, hey, this is it now. You gotta, you gotta open your mind up and stop believing that old stuff. That was just provisional to get you this far, right? The apparitional city. Now you gotta go to the rest of the way. Look at what's at stake. Wham! It's immense. I hope you're proud of yourself. Really. As, as he said, it's a courageous thing to open up your life to this much unobstructed joy. Yes, it's a constant effort. 
And the more we practice, the more fervently we practice, the more we understand the depths of what's happening here as we invoke Buddha, the easier it becomes. You know, you ask somebody who demonstrates courage and they don't think of themselves as courageous because it just happens, okay? You don't beseech the skies or gods to give you courage. You just do it. That's Buddhism. It's already there. Just do it. Just invoke it, yeah? All right, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your support. Because we support one another, right? That's the Sangha. But by liking and subscribing, a few seconds on YouTube, we get the computers to do some work for us. That's propagation. That's bodhisattva. Help this resource get to other people. People are looking for it. They just don't know where to find it. Isn't that amazing? With the world of AI and social media, it's amazing how much is out there that you don't find unless it's put in your face. It's hard to find. Clever terms, words, whatever. So let's make this Sangha grow. Let's get, we are worldwide already. It's amazing. Thank you. Right? And those of you who are patrons, whether you buy a book or you do monthly donations, holy cow, I couldn't keep this up without you guys. So yeah, you're amazing. Namo Myoringekyo. Right? All the links are below in the description, whether it's Patreon, PayPal, or the website, the podcasts, which are free. Avail yourself to those. Do everything you can to increase your confidence, right? So you can keep your practice strong. That's all I ask. Thank you so much. Take care of your health. I'm asking for something else. <laughs> Please do that. And I'll see you in the next one. All right. Bye for now.